Welcome to The Naked Truth, real talk about West Coast Swing. My name is Eric, and today I'm excited to share with you a conversation that happened almost five years ago to the day. On February 7th, 2015, at the Allegro Ballroom in Emeryville, California, the Next Generation Swing Dance Club hosted a fireside chat with the one and only Annie Hirsch. Moderated by our friend Tom Paderna and with special guest Kelly Casanova, this one-hour discussion was a rare opportunity to hear from the First Lady of Swing herself. I had the privilege of being there in person, and it was such a treat to hear stories and insights from Annie and to get to know her a little better. If you don't know who Annie is, well, you should. Tom will give a kind introduction to both Annie and Kelly in the audio you're about to hear, but let me tee up some background first. Annie grew up with a family that loved music and dance, and her older brother, Danny, taught her how to swing dance. She talks about him in the interview. In the early 60s, she moved to Southern California and was reintroduced to swing dancing. Over the years, she has earned many accolades, including the Feather Award, she was inducted into the California Swing Dance Hall of Fame, and she received humanitarian awards for her service to the community. In 1993, she co-founded the World Swing Dance Council with Skippy Blair to provide support to events and competitions, and feeling a strong need for dancers to compete in their appropriate level, a story she tells in this interview. She developed the points tracking system and several competition guidelines that are still in use today. After retiring from her chief judge position that she held for many years, Annie became a contestant's liaison. Annie is considered the first lady of swing because she did more than anyone of that generation to promote West Coast Swing, to support event directors and clubs and promoters of the dance, and to support and assist competitors. She and her partner Jack Carey, for which Jack and Jill's are named, another story that is talked about in this interview, they traveled tirelessly for decades to help to move West Coast Swing from a California regional dance to the global dance that it is today. She helped many, many promoters get their events off the ground, and she helped them to set up their contests so they were organized, ethical, and fair. She helped to get relative placement scoring adopted by the U.S. Open and other events, and she helped bridge the dance with Shag, Lindy, and all forms of swing nationally. Annie was a true ambassador of West Coast Swing, and she and Jack dedicated much of their lives to keeping the art of swing dancing alive. They have supported young dancers and the next generation, and many of our current champions will attest to her importance to them personally and to the dance. In this conversation, you'll hear her talk about her own experience with the dance. She tells stories about meeting Jack, her reactions to complaints from competitors, why she created a point system, and her views on what makes swing, swing. Hint, it's all in the timing. She was fun, funny, passionate, authentic, real, down-to-earth, and just full of love and wisdom. It was a joy to be there and just as much of a joy to hear it again five years later. A few things you should know before we get to the interview. First of all, this was recorded live in front of an audience in a dance studio, so the audio quality is a bit rough in spots. I did my best to clean it up, but you'll have to forgive some of the blips and ambient noises that are in there. Second, you'll hear some music periodically during the interview. This was because at the event, they had a screen on stage, and they played video clips of Annie dancing while she was talking. And, of course, they played the audio, too. So that music plays over the interview. 
Third, you'll hear one big, um, well, a burp or belch at the beginning. And perhaps you'll hear the second later on. Uh, that was Annie herself. Never shy of that one. A big thank you to Tom Perderna for sharing this with me and to the Next Generation Swing Dance Club for allowing me to share it with you. Also, a big thank you to Ken McAllister, who conceived of and organized the whole interview with Annie. So, without further ado, here is the Next Generation Swing Dance Club's fireside chat with the legendary Annie Hirsch. You'll be wise because you've experienced it all. On behalf of the Next Generation Swing Dance Club, thank you so much for coming. This is our very first Inside the West Coast Swing Studio with our special guest, Annie Hirsch. My name is Kim Sifter, and I speak on behalf of the Next Gen Club a little bit, some days, just to say thank you so much for coming, and thank you for Annie for coming. I'd like to introduce our moderator for the day, Mr. Tom Paderna. And I know. If you don't know Tommy, he's kind of a quiet guy, so he asked me not to say a whole lot about him, but I will say a few things that you may not know. Um, Tom used to run one of the biggest Wisco Swing dances when I first started dancing Wisco Swing um, many, many moons ago. It was at the Metronome. It was regularly attended by hundreds and hundreds of people, so much so that it had to... <laughs> spill out down the block. Anyway, so Tom's been around for a long time. He uh, took first in the U.S. Open in 1994 in Jack and Jill with uh, the lovely lady behind me, Kelly Casanova. Yeah. And if you ask Tom what his um, kind of the thing he's most proud of is that um, he was instrumental in getting Boogie by the Bay off the ground for the first five years of its inception. So we want to uh, thank Tom. Give him a big round of applause. And I'll turn that back over to him. Okay, so I'm here to introduce um, the other two distinguished guests here. Um, I need to stand because I think these folks both deserve the honor. Really, a lot. Congratulations. First of all is Kelly Buckwalter. Oops, sorry. Kelly Casanova. <laughs> that shows you how far back Eleven years later. Yeah. yeah. A few years later. Um, I'm just say we have a long list. I'm going to pick out just a few things. Um, in 1981, before many of you were born, she's... <laughs> She's a co-founder and dance instructor at the UC Berkeley Swing Dance Club. So she's like, I work Cal. And skipping through, she was actually on Dance Fever. I know she's, she's Guilty as charged. Yeah, she's on Dance Fever. She's won tons and tons of awards, so we're not going to go through any of those. Thank you. Um, except to me, the revolutionary thing she did was in, when she won the US Open with Dominic Yin uh -huh. in That's, 88, yeah. Early 88, and it was really revolutionary for its time. If you Very. saw their dance, if you ever get a chance to YouTube it up on the video, you should watch it, because I think um, they blew people away two ways. One was with the song they chose, a really, really odd song by, uh, I can't remember the name of the Art of Noise. Art of Noise, which is an all-80s band, and also the way they danced was very different from everybody else's style at the time. And it really changed swing, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> Whoops. 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 Yeah, Whoops. it was pretty, pretty cool. Um, she also helped found the uh, U.S. Open 
I'm sorry, the founder of the Jack and Annie Scholarship Fund, which yep. still goes on today, which I think is a very big deal. Um, she won the Feather Award, I think. No, no, no never yeah. won a Feather Award. No, no more. Yeah, I have to write Kay Cannon a note about that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have to put on my glasses. Um, promoter of Swing Break. She actually had a convention out here mm -hmm. in San Jose for a couple, couple three years. Two years. years. Two years. 99 and 2000. Yeah, and she actually did a great job with that because um, I think you had one of the more interesting contests then, too. Was that, was that yes, your first I, uh, the, all the contests were degendered at that first, time. First, way back then. Yeah. So, a little different. Wait, 99? That's 99, 2000. That far back. That's hey. enough. That's good time. That's good enough. Get on to the good stuff. We're going to go on to, to Annie. Okay. So, for those of you who don't know, this is Annie Hirsch. No, I don't need that. Sit down. Rest your feet. Um, she also has an even longer list of accomplishments. Um, but perhaps the most important thing is she is known as, and it's not here, um, but she's unofficially known as the First Lady of Swing. Yes. Yes. Those that, that, that I'll take. That you'll take? Because I, I don't have it anymore. Yeah. She's, uh, the chief, she's been the chief judge and the contestants reps for decades now of many, many, many conventions out there. Since 83. Since 83? In 1983. 1983. For the Open? No, and actually, I went to uh, uh, Arizona first. Arizona, so Arizona, Arizona beat him, yeah. He yeah. made back bridges, bridges mad, I'll tell you that. Jack we'll, Bridges, we'll the owner of the U.S. Open. Yeah. 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 I should tell you more stories about that if you guys want to know. Um, also, really, the, the, probably the main thing, I think, is that she's been instrumental in keeping Swing Alive through the decades, and we're going to talk about that today um, in many, many different ways. I think she's done it both through helping a lot of conventions start and keep going. Um, she's been very instrumental in, um, in making contests more fair. Fairness issue is everything to me. Fairness is everything to me. And uh, there are, if you guys think things are kind of weird or bad now, you guys should have seen some of the... <laughs> there are many, many bodies in closets that, that back in the days, believe me, it was pretty bad. Let me just turn this off. Um, here we go. Okay, thank you. Okay, so um, she also has a GSDTA award. That's a Golden State Dance Teachers Award for a Swing Dance Community Service Award. She's gotten that from Chicago, from Atlanta, from the Open, everywhere. She is, of course, a Feather Awards winner. Of course, I like feathers. Yeah, I like feathers. And, um, when, and I think, believe you were the very first one inducted into the Swing Dance Hall of Fame. Were you and Jack? Uh, yes, we were. Yeah, so the very, very first one, inaugural members of the Swing Dance Hall of Fame. Um, so, Please welcome um, to the stage, and enough about me or anybody else, it's Kelly and Annie Hill. Thank you. So one of the things I want to talk to Annie about, and it was very, very important to her, is um, Annie, can you tell us a little bit about your family and how you got started swing dancing? I, well, I started dancing at 14 uh, as, because my brother was a great dancer. I had two brothers, and my brother Danny was a great dancer, and he was, like, he was a great jitterbug. He was as good as Jack. So you know how good Jack was a dancer. He danced a lot like Jack, but he danced it round. And I would, I would never come to all of that because I always thought it was just a little too much. He wanted, and he would want to raise me once in a while and he'd fly me up. And I said, no way. I said, these feet don't leave the floor. I'm staying on the floor because I want to enjoy this dance. This is my, I am addicted. I don't like to dance, want to dance, love to dance. I have to dance. 
And I think I'm hope, and it just feels so good that the fact that I want my bones to stay good down here so I can still have my legs and still my toes and stuff and be able to dance. But I've got arthritis now and I'm trying to run ahead of it. And that's why I'm dancing like four times a week now at 86. That good? Yeah, well, um, can you tell me how many... How but many my brother Danny, what he would do, I just one of the good stories, because he would actually uh, sneak me up. I was legal to go into the ballroom. It was Palomar Ballroom in Stockton, California, or Trianon, one of the two, on Weber Street. But I, he said, honey, I'm going to take you up. I'm going to take you up and dance with you. I promise I'll do that, and then I'll bring you a soda pop. And I said, and then I started, oh, I said, that'd be great, Danny. Okay, that would be fun. And he knew the gal took him tickets, and he already made a point to hand her ten, not a ten dollar bill he couldn't afford that and back then maybe five dollars but he gave her, I know he gave him money because I saw him do it and said you can just leave her leave her go you know let her go she's just gonna watch that kind of thing well anyway he uh, he was sitting me down and he bought this soda pop he did bring it and so he says but you can't dance I said what Traitor, you're a traitor. I was really upset with Danny. I said, I want to dance. And he said, you know, Mom, if Mom knew that, I would get, she would kill me. So I said, okay, I'll hold her. And he said, you, gotta, you can't even tell Mom this, because I am sneaking you in. Okay, all right, that's the story. That is the story. Um, but you also told the reason why Danny brought you into dance? Because he wanted to show off. He was the greatest dancer in the world. I mean, he was a, for me, he was the best that I've ever seen. Everybody said that. They called him rubber legs. It looks like he didn't have any, and he, it looks like he floated. He just floated from one position to another. And he was rubber legs for sure. He just looked like he floated on the floor. And they, they were both my mentors for years because they, having two brothers ahead of me, I was so proud of that because they loved me so much and I was the baby. They made a star out of me, to be honest. Danny did. He actually, I, he, we couldn't go in any place. They didn't put a ring a circle around us. And I said, I, I loved it. But I, I said, Danny, you think they'll throw money? You know? And I said, you think we can get them to throw money? I think it was, it was, things were tough. And Danny said, no. And I said, no, nah, you're right. So he was, uh, he was smarter than I was then. Um, I'm going to take some few from audience questions. And kind of go ahead, honey. Here. Go ahead. So one of the things that actually happened that I know Jack had a big, big deal to do with was uh, Jack and Jill contest, right? So Jack invented why, why did Jack start that? Well, so, the, so, well I heard the version of it that, uh, that Jack was winning all these contests and bringing home all this stuff, yeah. and all the other guys were really jealous. And, uh, and he said, well, you know, I, I can win with anybody. It doesn't matter who I have, right? Because his famous line was, his ego was so big that he needed double doors to walk through. Oh, that's another one. That's yes, that's, I've forgotten that one. Yeah, in those know, days, I needed a twin, yeah, twin yeah, doors to twin be doors able to, to, walk, to walk get my head through it. So he, and, and that's when he said that he could win anything, and they said, well, prove it. And isn't that when he started the Jack and Jill's, and he said, okay, put the names in the hat. And he and said, oh, that's when he anybody. said, i gotta, I got to find a scheme. And they called it, you know, the first off, they called it Jack's Idea. So went on, went on a few years of that before they said, I better get a better, get a better name than that. And then he actually came up with Jack and Jill. Went so up the hill, remember? This must have been before you, though. Cause they, before me. Yes. Otherwise, they would have been called Jack and Jill. If it had been called Jack and Jill, if it wasn't before me, it should be called Jack and Annie yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a movement about back in the 90s. Yeah, there was a movement. started naming these things Jack and Annie's. I think it was Texas that wanted to, yeah, wanted to do that and said, we, want, we, want, we gave me a big plaque saying we wanted to be the Jack and Annie. Yeah. That, um, the, that particular category, Jack and Jill. But as I recall, he still won all those mixers and things, even. <laughs> yeah, even yes, that's Jack. right. He did. <laughs> oh, he still wanted to do that. 
you know, um, actually, one of the questions that I wanted to ask is not on the list, sorry, is um, one of the things you're really famous for, Annie, is your footwork. And well, that is, that is what they tell me. And so can you tell us, you know, because that actually, nobody, people didn't do footwork before, kind of like now. I'll but. tell you what my secret is, <laughs> ladies. If you actually, and I don't want to even, I don't think you're going to want to look like Annie because, because I have to tell you that I, I don't hit triples, but I hit triple, triples, doubles. But if it's not the music, if the music isn't connecting, I'm not hitting, I'm just ignoring it completely and I'm doing, I'm just, I just know I want this foot to go down on the beat. So I know, so some, so I, some, so I've developed the thing of where I'm just slipping my, I'm, I'm actually prostituting the dance, West Coast for sure, because I'm just actually moving on every beat. And I'm just, move, I'm usually moving sideways, sideways a little bit, backwards a little bit, just the way that people wouldn't catch me at it. And now I've told the world that's this crap. I shouldn't have told anybody this. Well, you, you got dinged for it when you were competing, <laughs> right. right? Yes, I did. Well, tell, tell the story it was worth it. about what the, what the about judges did to San, you. San Diego, wasn't it? In San Diego, I'll tell you what happened there. They came running, and Buddy Brooks Schirmer was chief judge. And when it was over, and I didn't make finals, he went, he went, he, he was just as good as it would have been somebody in his family. He went screaming to them judges. Buddy, you're kidding. Buddy would do Buddy that? Scream. <laughs> Buddy get angry now. Oh, yes, for sure. But uh, he said, what the hell is the matter with you? And he said, well, she didn't do swing. And he said, my God, that's all she did do was swing. What the hell is the matter with you? And she was, they were just so upset with them. And I said, you know, buddy, let it go, let it go. It's a, in a big event, I know, but you know, I didn't, I didn't come here to make money, and it's all right. So I cooled him down, and, and I said, I do this because of my, the joy in my heart and the, and, the, and the endorphins that run within my body when I'm dancing. I just feel like I'm in heaven. I hope some of you out there feel that way when you're dancing. I know a few. I can see one right now. <laughs> so, so you actually got DQ'd for not doing swing. Uh, yeah, so they, they, they didn't let me, didn't even get me in the final. Oh, that's so funny. So one of the things that you, you were known for for decades, and you, you were pulling back from a bit now, but being contestants, rep, or chief judge, or whatever, yeah. what do you find most interesting or fun about it? What's the best part about doing that? You mean what I'm seeing today? No, 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 back when you used to be a contestant's rep. Because that didn't exist before, actually, that position. Hey, what's my position when I'm As doing a contestant's, contestant's rep? rep? Well, I... Why, why did you start doing that? I actually started doing that because I was I was I this I I'd started with some little I started with some vertigo happening to me and that was and anybody's had vertigo knows how horrible that is, and uh, I thought I've got to find something to get rid of the stress because I think it's, ca I'm, it's caused by vertigo and I said okay I'm going to start with going to do it the open I'm going to I'm going to actually bring somebody else in to take over kind of thing. And uh, and uh, main, mainly was it you? Well, that was at Phoenix. That was, yeah, you told me you didn't want a chief judge at Phoenix Well, you know, anymore. I was walking in the hall, and I found myself leaning against the wall and feeling so exhausted. And then I said, later, you dumbass. No, you dumb person. Uh, you, uh, you danced till 4 in this morning, and you got up at 6 to get to the first meeting, to be there by 8, and get dressed and shower and everything. So he said you were just being dumb about not, not paying attention to your body. And, of course, I had a little bit of wine a couple of times. <laughs> But it was only a little bit. But I believe in red wine. It's good for your, good for your blood. You know, maybe Annie doesn't quite um, know this, but one of the things she did as a contestant straps back in my day was um, she served as our sounding board. Because I know who here hasn't felt disappointed that he make finals in a contest? You, and the rest of you are liars. Um, 
No, because I know that one of the things she did as a contestant rep was really to kind of be a sounding board and hear us out as contestants. Well, I always knew I could smooth feathers and, and make men. The main thing is to make them feel good about themselves. And once I and, I and I gave them all compliments, I didn't start with any negatives at all. You start with compliments and give them, making mm. them feel good about themselves before you say some little thing. So that was thing all that, a lie. You wouldn't tell me I was okay. I, I, yeah, I did tell you a lie, <laughs> but. <laughs> But it made you feel better, so. It made me feel better to keep going, though. And yeah. I think she did that for a lot of folks. Well, though, it was, it, you, and some of them came such long, especially, and they said, didn't they know I came, I had one girl saying, she was crying so hard, and then she said, I know, didn't they know I came all the way from East Coast? My God, here I am, and then I didn't make finals, and I mean, she, and, uh, she's crying, 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 and I'm saying, come on, let's stop this. I said, are you, uh, do you have a bad, you have anything, you have any health issues in your life? Oh, she said, oh, God, yes, and so does my mother and dad. That's trouble. That's, that's what you need to worry about, not how you finished. And besides that, you're only on the unit when you get these big heats and they were huge, big heats. I said, I, you probably don't have more than two or three seconds on the clock mm -hmm. to even have a judge look at you. So how can you expect them to do perfect work? It's no way it's gonna happen. And, and kind of that was the, that was the issue I was, that I had mostly, just trying to smooth their feathers out and make them go home happy. And I'd say, yeah, let me see what you do. And I'd, and, I'd, and I'd actually always dance with them as a rule, boy or girl. And always dancing with them, and then I would really compliment them on something. Yeah, and I remember one True time or not. you had, you had a lady come up to you, a young woman came up to you, and she was really upset that she wasn't able to make the cut. And, uh, and you, were, you were giving her the compliments, and then you were trying to tell her, give her some constructive criticism, criticism. of things that she could work on, some feedback. And uh, you said you could you know, do this or do that. And she said, but I like to do this. And, and I remember she was like pushing back, pushing back. And finally you just said, well, honey, you can do that but you won't make finals. <laughs> but you can do that if you want to. Well, that was the right answer. Yeah. That was the right answer. Did. Thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah, that was very, she was the belly dancer. Do you remember that now? Oh, my God. <laughs> that, that was her problem. She wanted to show her belly more than she wanted to dance. What are you going to that's not. That's, you have to think about your feet when you're dancing. Believe me, people, it has to do with not moving your shoulders too much, not moving your ears too much, and definitely not moving your hips too much because you get lost in the good look of the dance by because your feet aren't together. If you don't, you don't realize, you don't go dancing and you don't feel that you brushed the other leg, man or woman here, if branching, just know that you brushed it, got away from it again, you know, a little bit, like three, four inches. You're not looking. You're not looking good on the floor. You're just not. It's not. Uh, it's just. You have, all the all the technique is gone, because you need to get them back in place to where they actually feel comfortable and, and feel comfortable because they're straight down. They're right over. They're right over center, and that's right here. We all know that, don't we? This is my boob. I got a little bigger since I got older. <laughs> but uh, I got better stop there. Another question, Tom. So, as, as part of this whole thing about trying to help dancers along. Um, I was, this is pre-point pre system, and I know that Annie is one of the instrumental people to get the point system started. I started points. Which we argue about every once in a while still, by the way. No, the story that really got me was another girl that I watched her dance, and I'm thinking, wow, this girl's a beautiful girl, beautiful hair, beautiful face, and, and, I, and, I, and she started dancing, and I thought, my God, I, and then a little bit little, I, I was still leaving, and I came back to watch her a little more, and she said, my God, she's not even hitting a triple, she's not even hitting... Not the first beat, the second beat, or any of them. So I said, she's between beats all the time. So I just started to sit down and wait for her until she got done. So as soon as I got happened, I went over and talked to her. And I said, honey, how long have you been dancing? And she said, oh, about two weeks. 
And I said, but you, were in the white, but you were in the advanced division. And she said, well, sure. And I said, well, why would you do a thing like that? And she said, because I wanted a good dancer. I said, so did he. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you, got, you got the, with the World Swing Dance Council and the point system, now we kind of have all these different categories. Well, that's, and that's because of her. That because really? of this one thing happened, I said, I've got to decide on some kind of a program that we can, we can actually get levels of dance. Because they're not going to, and I said, I, I sent out my notices and saying I was going to do that and saying it wasn't set in stone. It, it probably won't last. Through the years, we'll probably have to change it. But I think for right now, we need to do it right now to see if it can develop at all. Because you, a, a dancer needs to know if he's, a, he's an intermediate dancer, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean he's going to go to going to advance immediately it means that he might be an immediate dancer for all his life. He could be may not be that good of a dancer to start with, but the levels helped at least that to happen, and so, and so that it would it would create it created a much better look on the dance floor. I saw it improved a lot once we start we started doing that. Yeah. Right, because before that, even even earlier than that, they didn't have any categories whatsoever. It was just the Jack and Jill. There was one Jack and Jill. We were all in it together. It didn't matter if you were a professional, a teacher, or a newcomer, or whatever. It was the, just one Jack and Jill. And then there was a little bit of controversy about separating the professionals from the amateurs, and that's where we got the invitational level. And then they started saying, well, now we need an intermediate and an advanced category. And then that's when you got all the people just putting themselves wherever they wanted to go without um, any kind of Well, filter. one of our, one, actually one in San Diego was the one that was the culprit, and it was too bad because I'd laid him, I really kind of, I really missed him. I, oh, I, never mind. The point is that he just said, just dance where you want. And I said, I, that's unfair. I, there's a fairness issue here. If you just dance where you want, doesn't mean you're dancing at a. Pro if you don't dance, if you don't, you're not dancing to help out anybody else, and or you don't care how you whether you help anybody else. You don't. But, but partnering is important, and you need to be least concerned about your level. And and you probably probably most of you could figure out if you walked up to me and said today, well, you've had me an inter intermediate for so long, and I think I'm advanced now. And I, Annie, I'd say go to advance. Because I would at least want to see you in advance, and I wouldn't, wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset with you at all. Any because I'm saying if you if you just take take the uh, golden rule of, uh, of that, you just is it, was there a golden rule? <laughs> it's whatever you say. Yeah. <laughs> whatever you say. Oh God, I'm golden, right? But you know you don't want to you want to as a dancer you just don't want to hurt anybody in the dance, and you and I wouldn't think anybody would want to hurt another person. To, to not move up, and they had the talent to do it, and here you messed them up, so. So one of the biggest things that have changed through the decades really is music, right, so. Well, it's got, I think it's got sensible again. That, I'm, sensible? I'm, I feel pretty good about what I've seen over the last couple of years. I think they, well, when, when the hustle came along, it created a ball change. And you know, they, and, mm. and it was beautiful music, for one thing. And the ball change actually almost destroyed the anchor. Because so people, so many people got into that ball change instead of doing an honest anchor, and I could see it on the floor, and I'd say, "What is what's happening here? What's happening here?" So I actually asked the DJs. I remember talking to Beth about it, and two of the others about it. But to please don't play hustle music because it is good music. I like it. I love it. I love to dance to it. But I said I can see where it's upsetting the look of West Coast Swing on the floor because they're doing they're they're putting in that ball change instead of. 
uh, an anchor. And it just looked, it so obviously did not look like any West Coast swing in my book anyway. So one of the things I learned today was um, Annie was in the first, in the picture of the first meeting of the next gen, which I didn't know because I wasn't around. Um, maybe two of you can talk about the start of the next gen, and I know you were, you were instrumental in helping this dance club get started. Well, Marla's in the room. Marla's in the room, actually, too. Marla, why don't you stand up? Hey, Marla. Yeah. Marla. Hey, Marla. Yeah, you are. Marla. Well, you, you remember? Uh, get on camera. Come over here. Get on camera. Yeah, I'd say Here's your chance, kid. But just don't cut too close to me. Yeah, she was a big part of it. The one thing. A worker. One thing that I would like, can you hear me? Yes. That I wanted to say was the comment before about Kelly and Dominic at the US Open. 50 of us went down there to support them because we were dancing while Kelly was teaching all of us at the Avenue Ballroom in 1988, exactly, the US Open. And when we all came back, um, we realized, oh my god, what a group. And we even have a picture. We were wearing the Star Trek shirts that one of the founders of the club created, but we weren't a club. And it was just next generation. So what ended up happening, because of Kelly and Dominic, and we realized such, such a family, look, we all traveled together, all 41 of us on a plane, okay? Well, when we came back, and we continued to, to just be there with Kelly, and it just felt so good to be part of something, but we really weren't, like I say, a club. And so I get this phone call um, the end of December, wanted to know, and I was eating dinner, and you know, I didn't realize what I was getting myself into. But um, what happened was uh, two of the other original founders, Rosemary Zachary and Sherry Myrtle, along with Steve Wong, they asked me, oh, Marley, you wanna start a dance club? Uh, sure, sure, I'll help you, whatever that means. And I had no idea what that meant. But we ended up inviting people to come to my mom's house. There were 100 of us. 52 people showed up. That's pretty good odds. And it was just a brainstorming session with all of us. And once we realized we wanted to become a club, all of a sudden, everything started to fall into place. Jack and Annie, Kelly, Michelle, Phil and Sandy, Ed Serio, a whole bunch of people from the Bay Area were so supportive of us. And we actually became a swing dance club. And Annie kept pushing us and pushing us and pushing us in a good way because she loved us. And it was so wonderful to have such people be with us and be part of such an amazing, amazing club. So the other part of it that is really exciting to me, when I was the, uh, I was the president number two in 1990, I wanted to have a convention. But as president, it was a little bit too much work to kind of do both at the same time. So after the presidency, um, we started to get together to put this convention together. And actually, I think we did a really good job in a few short years. And I will tell you, Annie, as my husband says, Marla works the room at the events. But Annie was taking us around. It felt like one of Annie's kids. And it was such an amazing, amazing experience. And I'm happy to say that I still feel like last year was 25 years. We turned 25. It's amazing. We're so successful. We're very strong. And it's nice to see a lot of new faces and a lot of old faces in a positive way, OK? And um, I can't stop thinking everyone who was there for us. Because I guess maybe, Annie, you saw something in us that we didn't even know about. And thank you for that. Thank you so much. And also for her major support with Well, I'm Boogie. smarter than you are. Uh, well, I, I'm trying to learn from you, Annie. 
<laughs> You're doing okay. But that's how the club started. And again, just like Tom was talking about, the dance has changed. This today's club is not the club that we gave birth to, so to speak. But that doesn't mean a bad thing. Change is good. But we still have the major club's principles in our heart. We promote all forms of dancing. We are primarily a West Coast swing club, but we're very inclusive. And today, for me personally, sitting out in the audience watching everyone, it, most of the age range out here is a little on the older side, which is okay. So it just feels good to be part of such an, an event today. So yeah. I personally want Annie to know thank you for being here with us today. I love and you. Kelly and Tom for just making you. everyone feel so relaxed. Thank you. So swing has changed a lot. You know, um, with of course. Dresses and also influences from the other side. I know we had the shag craze for a while, and I know. Well, let me tell you, if I'd have seen if I'd have seen the shaggers when I was just after I got married and stuff, if I'd have seen the shaggers back when I was young, mm -hmm. I'd have moved there. You'd have gone done shagging the whole mm -hmm. time. Because that was my what was my footwork. In fact, you told me um, the one convention she wants me to go to is the SOS. I'm, when I've gone to SOS every year yeah, since. Every year, every year since. And April, you guys ought to go. If you haven't been to SOS, believe me, you'd love it. Every, it's a, you know, that's SOS, the Society of Stranders. So it's just a bunch of beach people that rather smoke and drink. Dance, dance was three. At that time, it was smoke, drink, and dance. And, uh, but they knew how to play, but their music was fantastic. And, uh, and uh, it, was, it was so good, so I mean, it was R&B. In other words, all R&B. Every piece of music they played made you want to dance. There was no rough music, no, definitely nothing new, nothing in the uh, contemporary, yeah, contemporary stuff at all. And it was such a joy uh, yeah. to, to get there. I'm going again in September. And, and you want to join me? <laughs> and also the, the Shaggers, uh, the influence of like Charlie and Jackie coming into the community, that also changed a little bit because Jackie. They took up, they picked up a, a little bit of uh, East Coast, which made them, I mean West Coast, I'm sorry, West Coast Swing that made them look better. They actually didn't, they were so tight. In the very beginning, they were so tight, you could hardly see the mo movement at all. So they loosened up to where they looked a little bit like they interjected some West Coast singing there, and it looks different, and it's better. And they also influenced West Coast to improve yes. us. And also, I want to put in a, a, a plug for Jackie McGee, because uh, the Carolina Shag Dancers, they all wear flat loafers. And so when she came on the scene, and along with the Lindy Dancers dancing in flats, Ladies, that's why we get to wear flats now, uh, is, is because with Jackie McGee and Sylvia Sykes in competition, uh, they could, Yeah, it was all flat. Then, then it allowed the West Coast Swing dancers like myself to say, well, I don't want to wear these three-inch heels anymore, and you can't ding me for it because you're not dinging <laughs> these other guys. You remember that, Annie? Sure, yeah. Annie, I do. So, so you can thank Jackie McGee and Sylvia Sykes for the fact that you can wear your toms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like... Um, like we're seeing other dances like Zook, which to me looked a lot like Swing, um, but Carolina Shag, which is completely different, but is a similar thing. So what makes Swing Swing? Or, or is it maybe something we shouldn't even be trying it's a, to? It's about the rhythms. I said, yeah. if, but if you can't dance, you can't dance within the rhythms of the music and be on the music. Um, Skippy one time made me do a little contest with her, and she said, uh, "Don't play music, Eddie. I want you to get me to play. I want. I'm going to play music, and I want you to give me a phrasing of the music." And I did. And I don't know how I did because I don't know music that well. All I know is I knew I, I, this, I want this many and I saw a good line 
do another line, and I found out they stayed the same. I'm thinking they're going to all be the same. I didn't stay, a little later, I didn't stay the same. But the beat was, uh, because what was their answer to me? Is it syncopation? It's like you're, he said, Annie, you do so many syncopations, I can't even keep track of what they're doing because the, the syncopations, there's so many of them. And I said, look, I said, I'd rather play with the music than, than do, do patterns. And I hope that's going to be okay because I'm not here to win any competition. I'm just here to enjoy this dance. And he says, well, I only do one just for social dancing, but competition, I'd have to work on you. But I, I want to kind of get back to syncopations a bit, because the first person I heard that word from was Kelly. About syncopations? About syncopations. I had no idea what the hell that word meant. So do you want it just to means playing with, it just really means, doesn't that what it really means, playing with, yeah. the, with the music instead? Well, the thing I think most interesting about this is here you are, you know, the, the chief judge, contestant rep, so involved in organizing all these competitions and stuff. And I once ans asked you, you know, well, what about you competing? You go, no, I don't like competing. <laughs> I don't want to compete. I don't. And I was I like, don't. why? And you're like, because people don't like what I do. I don't get rewarded for what I do, and I'm a poor sport, so I don't want to compete. <laughs> Did I actually say that? Yes, that's what you told and me. I, said, I, get really, I get really mad when I lose. And so I feel more uh, at home helping out in the structure of everything, behind the scenes, running everything. And then I get to dance my dance when I want to socially. And nobody judges me. I can do whatever I want. So I thought that was always really very interesting, that this is the person that runs all these competitions, and she doesn't want to compete. <laughs> no, I don't. I, but, 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 but I do it for the joy. I'm saying it's about the joy running in my right. veins that it make, makes me feel alive and makes me feel like I can honestly tell you. I can I can honestly tell you this too. When I got home from a great great day of dancing, and which was usually day and night, and when I got home, I swear I could not even go to bed. I could not even go to bed. I was so excited. I was still excited. It had nothing to do with winning anything. It just had to do with what I felt. I luckily got a, well, wised up and got a hot tub about that time, so I could at least get the muscles <laughs> down to a little less pain. But you know what? At any level, I don't care how you dance. I really don't care how you dance. All I know is I care how you feel. If you like to you have that, when you know you dance and you like to do it and like go get home and say you feel better that you did do it, it's like saying, I, I, it's free gym. What the hell more do you want? <laughs> Should we talk about Monterey? Yeah, let's talk about Monterey. <laughs> okay. So, so you know, Annie's in the ballroom with me, and uh, Jack's up in the bar in this separate area. <laughs> and he, you know, he's eating and drinking, having a good time. And uh, this, at this particular event, it was um, a dress-up night that was was asked everyone to dress up, sort of old school, uh, because they hadn't done that for a long time. And so the promoter asked everybody to come out onto the floor, all the, the, the women to come out on the floor who were dressed really nicely because they were going to have like a little contest for best dressed. And um, so I walk out on the floor and I'm told to go sit down because I'm wearing a pants outfit. It was a matching outfit, uh, coat and pants. And um, he only wanted people with dresses and high heels. And I took offense to that. And so I went over to no. Annie. And I said, Annie, I said, do you know what's going on over here? She was too busy setting up for the contest. She goes, no, what's going on? What's going on? And I told her. And she said, well, that's not right. And I said, OK, well, you do something about it then. <laughs> and behind, behind, you know, this is where they had a little stage built up on the back of the, of the, uh, 
of the, of the dance floor. So she goes up and she takes the mic. <laughs> and she says, you know, I think it's, it's not okay. I think you ought to allow the ladies that look really nice in pants to come out on the floor. And uh, the promoter stood firm and said, no, that's not going to happen. And Annie said, all right then. And so I came over and she said, Kelly, take my pants off. She was wearing a long tunic top with pants, very elegant, very dressy, and I said, fine. So I took her pants off. And I proceeded to go up on the stage and swing her pants over my head. <laughs> and she stood there in her beautiful legs, legs because you know she had a mini, mini dress on then at that point. And so I then- a, I did have a mini dress covering some of the good stuff. So then the promoter allowed her to enter the contest and she won the contest, and the prize was a free pass to the next year's contest, which she was chief judge. Who in the hell do I want that pass for? <laughs> but I thought that was uh, she is a bit of a rebel herself. So, um, just thought you guys might enjoy that story. How, how many of you guys were actually there when that happened? Yeah, you remember that, Catherine, right? Joe. Yes, yes. Well, of course, several people ran up to the bar to tell Jack, Jack. Your, your, your wife's in the ballroom without her pants on. With my hair and, and he goes, so what? What else is new, right? <laughs> got a big mouth. Do you want, you want your $10 back? Did that make me, did that make me, did that make me white? Did that make me white? Did I get white after that? Because this is natural, you know. Uh, yeah, I think I got a few more gray hairs after that event. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure I've contributed greatly to some of those gray hairs. But there's a, there is one thing I know we knew about it, so I guess but some people want to know how you and Jack met. met. Yeah. And oh, maybe I, the whole no, story. No, no, uh, that's, well, that's. In, in five minutes. I got, I got one. I would have brought that picture if I knew that, just to have you look at it. Because it's a picture of Jack walking up to me. I was on a, uh, Bobby McGee's was a, a very nice place to go dancing in, in the early years of, uh, in the Newport area. You know, Newport and Bray, I had nice dancing in Bobby McGee's. They beautiful to eat there. You could eat there and then dance also. So anyway, he walks, he, he, and I knew him by then. I'd seen him dance around with a few yeah, girls. I want to ask stuff. a follow-up question. Okay. okay. That's a final question? I have a follow-up question. Oh. Well, we can start there. Did you steal Jack from somebody else? Well, that's what she thought. <laughs> He was going with a girl named Lil. Okay, so Mine's with Jill, right? Jack and Jill. She, she was more classy. Her name was Lil. Uh, I'm, the reason why I'm talking about her is I don't think she's even in the area anymore. I haven't seen her for years. But uh, she, was a nice, no, she wasn't a bad dancer at all. But she, so she and Jack were dancing and you met them? And, but but uh, uh, meeting Jack, meeting Jack. Meeting Jack. Oh, Jack said to me, uh, I, I said, hi, Jack, how you doing? And he said, uh, and he said, uh, what's up? And he says, I haven't asked, I haven't asked you to dance, have I? I said, no, and I've, no, I said, I think I said something like, and I wasn't embarrassed that you haven't. And uh, something like that, or I said something a little cracky to him. And he said, well, let's dance now. And I said, no, no, <laughs> not now. And the biggest story about Jack was when my, the fact that my mother, when she, my mother met this man, she fell in love with him first. And she'd say, honey, you get that man's shoes under your bed. <laughs> and I said, what are you talking about, mom? I don't sleep with him. And she says, you better start. <laughs> so, so
Somebody is going to get that good man. He is the best man you're going to ever find. She said, I want to go, and I don't want to leave this world knowing you don't have somebody to take care of you. And, uh, and so I, I just, I did a lot of happen. He was wonderful right off the bat. We just uh, tight real quick, and yeah, I let him have it. In <laughs> <laughs> the way Jack tells me the story is, that Jack told me that she just had to wait her turn, right? Oh, oh yeah, I was a dancer. Yeah, I had that, to wait. I had to wait in line. That, that was his story, his side of the story. But there's there's one lesson I've learned from Annie is that um, you told me once that one of the reasons why you keep dancing is because you want to be around the, pre the next generation, right? Well, of course. Keeps, keeps, keeps you... I'm lying now. <laughs> no. I want to be around anybody that loves to dance. And, and, and how many love to dance? How many have to dance? <laughs> There's a little fewer. So I know um, you probably talked about this, but just in case we... You want another chance to add it? Is what to you defines what a good West Coast swing dancer? What What's the one thing? The three T's that I. Three T's. What are they? Uh, number one is timing, and number two is timing. <laughs> number three is timing. Number four, you might get around to technique. <laughs> Good technique. Number five was teamwork. And you have to have all of that to make it to look good on the floor. So let me, let me ask connection, you a Connection, connection, connection. What, what is timing? Can I ask this question? Uh, oh, who did you ask them? Um, I'm asking you. What, what is timing? What, what is that mean? The beats and the music. That's why I want to hit every beat. That's why I'm shuffling around so much and doing that little footwork yeah. is so I can hit every beat. Don't you see that? No, I don't. Uh, I have no sense of timing. Well. You do have a sense of timing. Don't say that. You don't do it that way. It doesn't mean you do it like I do. Because I'm. But, but that's what the syncopations are about, yeah. aren't they, darling? Well, I think, too, if you look at... Um, there, there are two people that I think of when I think of footwork in our community, two, two women, that when I watch them dance, um, I hear things in a song that I hadn't heard before. You're one, and Marianne Nunez is another one. So when I watch your feet, I can hear things that well, I... Well, the quarter beats. I'm, I'm playing yeah, on I'm the quarter I'm not talking beats. about the beat. I'm talking about all the stuff in between the beats and different accents in a song that I hadn't quite heard before, but you pull out. Now, you, you pull it out with your feet more. Marianne Nunez uses her feet and other parts of her body a little bit more. But both of you guys are very precise in your footwork, and you can see the music in the footwork. B, the instrument in the band. And that's what I want my feet to do, to be an instrument in the band. And I want to be on every beat. And if they're quarter beats, so be it. Because maybe that's what I felt the strongest. Some songs don't come out with a quarter beat. They come out with a real, especially blue, they'll come out with a real dead, longer longer beat, right? Like 48, is it 48 beats per 
Well, it's a different, if it's a different feel. And also, dancing to a live band. Mm -hmm. um, oh, you, my you God. You grew up on live bands. Balboa. So dancing to a live band is a completely different animal than dancing to the kind of uh, music that we listen to now. Because when you're dancing to a live band, you're the one that taught me. You stand next to the band, and you make eye contact with the drummer, and you flirt with the drummer. No. And... No, not necessarily. I flirt with either the drummer well, you flirt with whoever's or the there. bass. Yeah, or whoever's the bass. there. Right, right. You'll flirt with them all. Whoever's right? cuter. But basically, you catch their eye, and so when they see that you're dancing to what they're playing, they'll start playing to what you're dancing. That's, that's a lesson I learned from Annie. Actually, when this club first started, a lot of us used to go to live bands all the time. And they um, had a live band uh, at Next Gen. At Next Gen. For our years, dances. right? Wow. Marla, for like first the, three years, five years? Yeah. We yeah. only had live bands. Apparently. And also that brings up the whole thing of dance jams. I mean, Annie, yeah, why don't you talk about the first dance jams that you saw? I mean, they weren't actually orchestrated by the DJ so much as a spontaneous kind of thing where people just would crowd around Jack or whoever was dancing really cool, and, and they'd just all kind of get into that, right? I mean, isn't, wasn't it more just spontaneous rather than Well, did anybody ever go to Catalina Island in here to dance? Catalina Island. To dance. To do. Yeah. And over there, uh, I mean, I actually, the last time I went, I can honestly say, uh, I, it was with Jack. We went, the last time I went, because I was so impressed that I'd even done better. The live bands were there. So one of the things I've always been curious about is, um, uh, OK, so drinking before contest, what are you, what's your opinion? I have to have a, I'm the kind of person that needs a quick start. If, I'm, if I was going in competition, I'd probably always have a small, like a half a shot. I would probably always do that. And that's what I drink at home when I go dancing, even at the wet press box. Just a half, just something that kind of levels me out, just kind of makes me feel a little bit loose, easy. And I don't consider that bad. I don't, because I haven't drank. I, I don't drink. I don't, actually, one, one cocktail is the most I do drink ever now. Ever now. Really? I drank, oh yeah, only one. She slowed down a little. I was going to say, no. <laughs> oh, I can remember times when I got boozed up a little bit, sure. But <laughs> so so do we, Annie. Who <laughs> was getting drunk with me? Probably both of these two. But it wasn't drunk drunk. And I actually fell into a drum one time. It's the cute little band, three-piece band. And it's, <laughs> I did and not Lapa know that. Lapa, the great little Mexican restaurant. Lapa Lapa had a great little floor. We loved to go dance there. Oh, my God, do we love to go dance there. And the floor was always in excellent condition. And, uh, and the band was always so good. And um, so I'm, I'm dancing away, and actually Jack's, Jack brought me in trouble. That was Jack's, that was Jack's that fault, though, because if I, my drink ain't got anywhere near the bottom, I had a new one. And I, so that, that wasn't doing me any good. I wasn't asking for it anymore. But the point is, when I did get start sliding on that to a point, I got my heels caught. I was, gonna, I was in a slide. I was doing a slide, which means I got on my heels and, 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 and did a slide through this, through this uh, but Jack gave me a, a chance as he was like a side pass. Oh, the, the thing. Yeah. A side pass. Lunge. But yeah, lunge. Yeah. I took. I started going down. Couldn't stop myself and ended up with my head in the drum. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember thinking, Oh my God, someone's going to sue me. <laughs> you know what? And, and they, there was so much laughter going on when I got out. I was a little bit mad at it because I could have been hurt. Like I said, I could have been hurt bad. <laughs> But I did pay him for, I did, I did put him, I, did, I had a $50 bill with me and I gave him that. I said, I hope this will do, take care of the damages. Uh, other way, and I have to give my address, but this is where I live if it doesn't, you know. 
But it was that was a, kind of a fun thing because I when I, I couldn't when I went to La Palapa after that I became a star. <laughs> My God, Free they say, oh, every time you there she is, there she is, and so I thought that was worth it. <laughs> okay, so we just have one last question, um, and it is for the audience. So, what what do you hope for the future of swing? That it lives forever, never dies. And if you guys have to keep, if I'm gone, which I'm, I'm a little closer to, a little closer to that than most of you, I'm 86 now. So I'm saying, I'll be mad at you if I can look down and see that you're not dancing. Okay, so I'd love to thank Annie Hirsch for spending some time with us. Thank you, Ken. And that's the First Lady of Swing, Annie Hirsch. Lots of great stories in there that reveal who she is as well as her own experiences with the dance. She has always supported contests and competitors, but you know, she comes across very level-headed about competition, helping others by providing some perspective, like she did to that girl from the East Coast who was upset about flying all that way and not making finals. I really liked her emphasis on the rhythm and timing of swing. That's kind of the question that I like to ask people from that generation. You know, what makes swing swing? As we have moved away from dancing to true swing music, although We've had a little bit of a revival recently. Um, I think we face this dilemma of exploring and expanding the limits of the dance while staying true to the nature of swing. The phase we went through a few years ago with lots of rhythmless music, this sort of abstract lyrical stuff that we were dancing to, it felt a little strange to me. And listening again to Annie's focus on rhythm helps explain that feeling. You know, dancing a rhythm dance without a clear rhythm, it just feels... I don't know, off to me. I'm sure there are people who came into the dance around that time who enjoyed that music and identify with that music, and maybe they just don't know the difference. But once you tap into the rhythm of the dance and how it drives your feet and works its way through your body, I mean, the way Annie talks about the dance makes me think of that feeling and why I enjoy it so much. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed getting to hear from Annie herself. Maybe this will finally spur people to rename Jack and Jill so they're called Jack and Annie's. Or maybe they'll just call them something else altogether. Another discussion for another time. Again, a big thank you to Annie, Kelly, and Tom for conducting this interview. To Bob Ford of Global Dance for capturing the event. To Kim Sifter, Jonah Dietz, Matt Lisensky, Marie Remigero, Marla Bach-Salstein, Laura Muffin-Teleski, Jerry Hirsch, and the NextGen Board for helping organize the event, and again to Ken McAllister for conceiving of the idea and making it happen. What did you think of the interview? What did you think of her views of the dance? What did you think of how she reacted to competitors who complained to her about not making finals? How about the story of why she created a point system? And what do you think of her emphasis on timing, timing, and timing? Share your thoughts with me and your fellow listeners. You can post a comment on the website, you can respond to our posts on Facebook, or you can share your thoughts in our discussion group on Facebook. It's been pretty active. Check it out. You can also email me at thenakedtruthwcs.com or through our Facebook page.
To get the latest news, you can like our page on Facebook, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, follow us on Instagram at The Naked Truth WCS, and, you know, you can join Twitter and become one of our followers, if you really want to, at Naked Truth WCS. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave us a review on Facebook. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please rate us and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Eric, and that's The Naked Truth. It was regularly attended by hundreds and hundreds of people, so much so that it had to.